Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Somebody here is watching them. They just look creepy. I've been physically touched. Things like touching. They're cutting apart people with the swords. I just want a safe spot for my family. I don't want my kids experiencing anything I have. They have their sights set on the children here. It's really bad in here. My name is Amy Allen. Something is not right. I see dead people. This person might have been a serial killer. I speak to dead people. You get those chills. And they speak to me. He is darkness. He is evil. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she broke her neck. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShave. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Tell me the truth. I know every person, every house has secrets. I think the devil is down here. It's my job to reveal. Who the hell would do this? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Who's he looking to kill? We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. You need to get out of here right now. Or time to get out. It was like endless darkness. Amy and I work each case independently of one another. I interview living witnesses and uncover secrets about the property's past. While Amy communicates with the dead. I'm in Rome, New York. It's about an hour east of Syracuse. Amy and I got called in by a young married couple, Sue and Joe. They didn't sound very good on the phone. The activity's so bad and so physical, Sue had moved out with the three kids. But now she's back. She says if we can't help her find a way to make the activity stop, it may end her marriage. I'm really hoping Amy and I can help them out. Before Amy arrives, I clear the area of any leading information. Family photos and other personal items need to be covered or removed. When I'm done, 
the location will be ready for tonight's walk. So in my opening, I saw all of these thick trees and there were all these Native American warriors standing there with their bow and arrow drawn. They're waiting for something to happen. They were put there uh, by this leader guy. He says it is some kind of like spirit warfare. He says that there were problems before uh, the white man, that they had a lot of battles, many battles, uh, with these spirits. So you sounded um, really upset on the phone. Give me an idea of what you're going through. We hear banging, knocking, footsteps. I've seen apparitions. I've been physically touched. I've tried to rationalize with myself a million times over again. I've tried to make up every excuse in the book other than it being paranormal. Now, do you believe in this stuff? What really made me believe in it was when my eight-year-old daughter, you know, she heard people talking, whispering. Is this your kids here? Yes. Now, who's who? This is Madison. Okay. That's Brooklyn and Joey. You had actually left with the kids at one point, right? Yes. I moved out for 11 months. I just couldn't take it anymore. They do not like to be alone. So did you take them out to protect them? Yes. I don't want my kids to grow up experiencing anything I have. What made you come back home? I wanted my family back. I don't want them to be from a broken home. But you came back to hell. Yeah, the same as it was before I left. Have you guys ever thought about just moving? That would be last resort, only because my husband inherited it from his grandparents. So he's got an emotional attachment. This Native American guy says that there is some kind of a family of beasts. And they think that they're ghosts. These things are occasionally trying to enter the house. They're very dark, and they look kind of like human beings, but they're definitely not. Were they living? I don't know yet. They just look creepy. Okay, so why'd you bring me in the kitchen? We hear knocking at the door. Okay. Get up, answer it. Nobody there. Okay. So is anything else going on? Banging. It's a bang, 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 bang. Where does it sound like it's coming from? The far right corner of the living room. Something wrong with the pressure on the pipes? That would bang. All of our pipes are in the basement. And does it happen at any given time? Mainly at night. Well, that's got to scare the hell out of you. Startles you. I mean, you'll jump out of your skin when you hear it. These things are pretty tall. How tall? Well, see where that dense thing is? About that tall. Their head kind of jets forward on a long neck, and they're hunched. And you can really see their shoulder blades. And also they have like a spine thing that sticks out. 
And then really long arms with the long fingers. It's like a weird dragging sound against the house. Do you have any idea how the living might perceive them? Making noises on the outside of the house, looking in through windows, growling. Do you know what they want? They definitely have their sights set on the children here. Maybe these are what the Native American warriors are fending off. Hmm. Maybe they are trying to protect kids. I hear footsteps walking in here at night. So but it sounds like it's in the room with you. <laughs> okay, you have the TV in here now. Do you keep the TV on? No. And it's no sounds coming from upstairs, like the kids walking around or... No. Is there uh, anything else going on? Aside from being touched a few times, no. What do you mean touched? Well, there was an incident in the shower one time where I felt like somebody had rubbed the outer part of my right arm. And there was another time in the living room on the couch. Okay, what happened? I felt this grope. So I'm assuming it was forceful. Okay. Being touched, it's a violation. Not only for me, but for my husband. I will do whatever I have to do to make sure that my kids do not experience what I've experienced. They definitely mess with the boy who lives here. This one I just hear crying. Uh, crying and things like touching. Oh, this is not good. Oh, like trying to hide in those weird fingers or whatever. He's crying because he's scared. So you mentioned you're worried about the kids. What's going on with them? Well, Joey, he's more of just scared to go upstairs alone. Brooklyn also is the same way, but she seems to be a little bit more sensitive. She's hearing voices. I wonder if she's being affected more than I know. I don't want them to grow up and be scared. You know, my worst fear is that they might get worse. This is home to them. And they shouldn't be afraid. Well, for some up reason, dead people come here. I see this dead woman. She's kneeling on the floor right here. She's only one of many, many of them. I think the creatures here have never been human. But now I'm seeing dead people lined up, and they're seeking help from a living person. This person here might have Oh, an idea that they are a medium. Dead people coming to get moved on. This is not good for them. No, this kid's gotta go. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Joe, your wife Sue said that you actually grew up in this house as a kid. My grandparents used to live in this house when I was a kid. I grew up across the street. Okay. So I was always over here. Did you have experiences as a kid here? You know, a, a couple different times, but I kind of blew it off as, you know, it's no big deal. So your grandparents, I assume, where you're talking now, they both passed away? Yeah. My grandmother passed in 1997. She had developed emphysema, and then the emphysema led to bone cancer. She passed away in the house under hospice care. Okay. What kind of woman was she? She treated me like, you know, her little prince, to be honest with you. And that's how she always made me feel. She made me feel loved. Very kind-hearted lady. Loved to cook. I mean, I miss her cooking. You know, she was my role model. When grandma passed on, it was very hard for me. I'm getting this older woman. She's always cooking and cleaning in here. She's a little, tiny little lady, very uh, frail. And she's just putzing around, putzing around. She's, I don't know, related to somebody here or something? Um, Living. Yes. Now, Joe, when did your grandfather die? He died September 10th, 2001, the day before 9-11. Wow. I'm not sure how he passed on. There was never an autopsy done. I think that he had a massive heart attack. He was hardcore smoker, three packs a day. He actually passed away right here in the kitchen, and he was, you know, dead on the floor. Okay. Do you know how old Grandpa was when he died? 75. So what kind of a guy was your grandfather? He was Sicilian-American immigrant. He was very tough, hard-nosed, old-school Italian somebody that I looked up to. I actually have a picture here of him and I from when I was a little guy. 
Joe, you obviously knew your grandparents better than anybody. Right. Would they want you to stay here and fight whatever the hell was going on? They wouldn't want me to give up. Right. They would want me to fight for what is mine. And they instilled in me, you know, you never give up. I see like some kids running by, a little girl and I think a little boy. They're probably between like five and eight. Somebody here is watching them. I think that this is um, a male. He's pretty dang old. He's probably like 70 maybe. Yeah, I think he's Italian. Heavy, heavy smoker. He's, he's not a bad guy. Do you know when he's from? Maybe he died in like the 90s, 1990s, early 2000. Do you know how he died? I think he had a heart attack. Maybe it was emphysema. Because I can't breathe for from him. So Joe, what made you bring me out here? I was inside and I noticed off to the right hand side over here, there was two mirrors, and I noticed that both of them cracked and was just stunned. Kind of really frightened me, to be honest with you. So did anything hit it that would cause it to crack? There was nothing that could have been thrown at it, nothing that hit it. It wasn't broke when I looked at it three minutes prior to this happening. OK. Let me ask you a question, Joe. What are you trying to get out of our investigation? What's the best thing we can do for you? I don't want the kids to be affected. I don't want to have to keep things from them. You know, as a dad and as a father, I just want to be there to protect them. And I just want things to stop. Right. It's been tough on your marriage. Yeah, it, it's been tough. It, it's, it's weighed pretty hard. You know, it's, it's tough to talk about those things because she means everything to me. And without her, I would have no family. Since she has come back, you know, she has been touched and whatnot. And I just want a safe spot for my family because that's all that I want, really. I combed through my client's property records, and as it turns out, a family lived on the land for 50 years. Most of the time, this doesn't amount to much. But I spoke to a local genealogist who told me the family that lived on the land suffered enough tragedy to last 10 lifetimes. The Kobler family, they lived on my client's property for almost 50 years. From about 1874 to 1919. Now, when we spoke on the phone, you said that there was some terrible times on the property when they were there. There was. It all seems to center around this guy, Henry J. Kobler. It started at the age of nine when his dad died. His father was about 34 years old and passed away of unknown reasons. 34 is young. It is very young. Okay. And as part of his father's will, Henry was actually to be given to another family as a valuable farmhand, as a way for the family to live. I've never heard of that before. And this lasted for five years when he was finally returned to his mother. Okay. But it continues. In 1901, his grandmother, who was about 83 years old, keep in mind she was deaf, was picking berries one day on the property and was attacked by a bull and killed. She was mutilated. All right. There's this crazy lady who, who does run around outside. She's just all over the place. And 
She did die poorly. What do you mean? Her head, you know, got, it got chopped off or ripped off more. It's not a nice clean cut. Oh my gosh. It's messy, very messy. Almost afraid to ask what else happened to him. This is probably the darkest part of his life. He had a daughter, her name was Ella. And in 1920, she was 16 years old and she was coming home from a friend's house and she was struck by a car. Wow. She was an only child. Oh, jeez. This guy can't catch a break, can he? Correct. And actually, three years later, his wife, Fanny, she passed away of a botched surgery. Are you kidding? She was having a routine stomach procedure, and she just died mysteriously and unexpectedly. Wow. He ended up passing away at the age of 67. The tragedy in this guy's life is overwhelming. This Native American guy is saying, like, how it's not safe here, there's no place that's safe here, everyone's at risk. Uh, he is saying that, um, that everyone knew that nobody should be here, that people shouldn't live in this area, that it's just for ghosts to live. Um, so he just wants to help and clear the area out. Um, of what? Living people. So far, I've uncovered multiple debts that are directly tied to my client's property. But I need to see if there's anything else. Digging through old records, I find that Joslyn family originally owned the land I'm investigating. Turns out, they suffered a lot of loss in their time there. I'm on my way to meet with a local historian who did some digging for me. She said she found some information that will definitely help my case. Now, Mary, when I did my research, I came across a couple of debts associated with the Joslin family. You said there was a lot more. There was a lot more, yes. Okay, how many are we talking about? They had 10 children, and four of those children died as babies. And then they had two young adults die from tuberculosis, which was very prevalent in that era. Now, Mary, out of the remaining kids that lived, did any of them stay on the property? Yes, Foster did. Okay, so what happened with him? Uh, he lived to be about uh, 60 years old. He was a very busy man. He married at the age of 58, and they had one child uh, who died as a baby. Shortly afterwards, not even a year later, Foster dies on that property. I'm seeing those weird creatures again. A lot of children they would eat. I do see, like, the kids are being bit open their chests. The leader of the Native Americans is showing me a horrifying scene where the tall creatures by the side of the house are killing small children. Kids. Kids. It's pretty gross and sad. 
In my research, I also found out that my client's property was near the site of a bloody battle during the French-Indian War. I'm heading over to meet with a local historian at the actual battle site. He tells me it was the most violent fight in the region's history. This is where the actual battle of Fort Bull took place in March 27, 1756. What was the French-Indian War all about? It was between the two superpowers, the British and the French. The British was building forts here, and the French felt that it was getting too close to their area, so they sent the men down here with the Indians from Canada, and they ended up surrounding the fort. And who led these people? The Lieutenant Gaspard Galray. Okay. And he had with him the Indian, Colonel Lewis Cook, who was from Canada. Okay, so now what went down with this fight? The British were inside this fort here. Okay. And the French come up to the holes in the fort and were shooting in there. Then they started chopping at the door, and finally they got through it, and they're cutting apart people with the swords, and then they're scalping them. Wow. It's a bloodbath. The British ended up losing approximately 60 men. So what wound up happening to the fort? The French burned it down with the bodies right in it. Somebody says something about the dead man down there. I guess they were settlers. For whatever reason, they seemed to be stuck down there. I do see one of them getting their head bashed in. I think they got ambushed and were brutally murdered. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who ambushed them? I think it was uh, Native Americans. I saw many entities during my walk, but two stood out the clearest. First, the old man watching over the kids. He was probably 60, 65. Heavy set, very long eyebrows, very thick. His nose is rather large. Next, I described the tall, dangerous creatures by the side of the house. It was hunched, the shoulder blades were kind of popping out. It didn't have any features. Yes, that's what I saw. Now that Amy and I have finished our investigations, it's time to reveal our findings to our clients and each other for the first time. Amy, I'd like you to meet Joe and Sue. They're a great down-to-earth couple, but the activity in the house is ripping them apart. It's got so bad last year, Sue actually left with the three kids and moved out and stayed away for a while. She's been back around about five months. And actually, the activity's gotten even worse now. They need our help, and they want to know if they can actually stay here and be safe with their family. So now that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on with you guys, I'm going to ask her to describe her walk for us. When I first opened, I saw Native Americans. And they had their bows and arrows drawn, and they were just in that stance. I got that they were alive around 1740s, 1750s. What they're doing is attempting to protect the area. There was some type of, and still is, some kind of like spiritual warfare going on for them. I met this older Native American man. 
What he said was that this place was not meant for the living to be in. Um, it is meant for the dead. I'm not surprised you saw Native Americans because the British had set up a fort on the land here. It was called Fort Bull back then. In March 27, 1756, the French and Canadian Indians came down here during the French-Indian Wars and they attacked the fort. It was known as the, the Fort Bull Massacre. Now, a guy I spoke to said it was probably the bloodiest battle that was fought during the French-Indian War near your property. Now, the Native American you spoke to said it wasn't safe for the living here. No. Uh, doing research on your property, I went back. The first white settlers on your land was the Joslin family. They settled in the 1840s. Hosea and Louisa, they had 10 kids. Six of them died. 1874, the Coblers moved in to your property. Most of the tragedy surrounds a guy named Henry J. I actually got a photo of him. He moved onto your property, he was about, he was a kid. Uh, three years after he gets there, his father drops dead, 34 years old. In the will, he's willed off to be an indentured slave for some other farm family. What? Took the mother five years to get him back. Now, a few years later, 1901, on your property, his grandmother, who's deaf, gets gored to death by a bull on the property. Next thing you know, he gets married, lives on your property. His 16-year-old daughter's coming home on a bicycle. She gets hit by a car and killed. Oh. I got a picture of her. Wow. Three years after that happens, his wife goes in for a simple stomach procedure. She dies. So it's like there's nothing but death surrounding this property. Are you surprised to hear about all this tragedy? No, not really. The location is not healthy for the living. When I went into the kitchen, I encountered an older woman. And from her specifically, I got that there was a relationship with someone living in the house now. She prefers the kitchen area. And then a bit later when I went upstairs, I encountered an older man. And both of them seemed to have strong ties to the house. And he was watching two children playing. He looked Italian. He was wearing suspenders. He definitely uh, did a lot of work outside. And when I was around him, I couldn't breathe. Like, I felt that he was a very heavy smoker. And uh, he either died of a heart attack or emphysema. Uh, and I think that he died in the 90s or early 2000s. I would say that those would be my grandparents, for sure. Both of them were smokers. Grandma was a light smoker. Grandpa was a heavy smoker. Worked construction his whole entire life. Grandma's favorite spot was the kitchen. And I remember as a little kid, Grandpa used to spend a lot of time at the top of the stairs. So for you to say that, it hits home big time. So my grandmother passed on of, started with emphysema, and the emphysema led to bone cancer. And that's what she passed on from was bone cancer. Oh, wow. And she did pass away in the house? Yes, both of them passed away in the house. My grandfather passed away in the kitchen, and my grandmother passed away in what is now our bedroom. Would it be okay if I showed Amy their pictures? Sure. Sure. You sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. I'm all right with you, Sharon. This is his grandma. Mm, okay. And this is his grandpa, and that's him as a baby. Oh, okay. I did do a sketch of the guy I met, um, but just sitting up on the bed. grandfather, trust me. Oh my gosh. I miss him. He watches the kids. It's glad to know that he too watches over the little ones. Because that's how he was with me when I was a little guy. And this is why it's so important really for Joe to make this house work for him. He just, he feels like it's a tribute, really, to your grandparents. Yeah, and I just feel that I have to pay a debt of gratitude to them. Okay, I have a few questions. How old are your children? And what are their names? Madison, okay. she's 10. Brooklyn is eight, and Joey is six. Okay, um, so my walk was very active. So I'm upstairs and I went into the room on the left. So I go in there and I see a little boy and he's crying because there's something in the room and it was touching him. This was obviously very disturbing and I don't feel that this is a very good place for children. So uh, I went into the other room and what I saw there was like a line of people out the door. Um, so initially there's this one woman, she's kneeling at the side of the bed, trying to talk to this little girl and she's begging her for help. And then there's a line of dead people out, out the door and going down the stairs and all of them want help to be moved on. And the young girl is living. Yes. Whether this child knows it or not, she's a medium and is actually helping people in her sleep to, you know, move on. Knew it. That's why this is so hard on Sue. She actually thinks Brooklyn's sensitive. I know that this is crazy, but Brooklyn wrote this book a couple years ago out of nowhere that was called Blood Drops Everywhere. And it kind of scared us. It was pretty graphic. Yeah. Okay. She was probably in Kindergarten, first mm -hmm. grade. I mean, talking about somebody being stabbed with a knife. Honestly, it's not unusual for children who are mediums to act these things out via dolls or writing stories that, you know, would be more appropriate for an adult. Apparently, she probably knows more than I do. You had a lot of stuff on this walk. What else did you see? This is, you know, one of the things that really bothered me. I saw this thing by the house, and it was like trying to get into the house. It was odd. It was very, very tall. It was kind of hunched by its neck, it ha but it had a weird long neck. It had like a human-shaped head. It just really bothered me. It did not look human. I felt like the straw to the window and them being outside and like looking in, making weird noises and scratches and 
and I could see he had like sharp teeth. Can they make noises that they'll hear like a knocking by any chance? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. A banging. Yeah. Which we've had numerous, numerous encounters with knocking and banging. Oh, no. I'm trying to figure out what the hell these things look like. I mean, well, I did do a sketch. I'm dying to see this. Oh, get the f out of here. I don't even want to look at that. I'm never going to get any sleep in the house. Never. She doesn't want to look at it, and I'll explain why. What was it last week? Ugh broad daylight and she says to me did you just see something walk across the lawn i seen its head up above the porch railing a couple days later she says to me it must have been pretty tall you know what babe i'm gonna turn this around all right this way you don't have to look at it <sighs> oh yeah so what the f are these things i don't think i've ever seen you sketch something like that before no. were they ever human uh no mm-hmm I think that these things harm children in the past, <clears throat> like way back when. They're very old, and they're definitely focused on your son. I think it's what was touching him. Sue's been physically touched twice. Describe that, baby, what it was like. It was just a, a rub, you know, like this, flesh on flesh. The other one, it's a little difficult for her to talk about, but they were together on the couch, and she was inappropriately touched. Okay. There was nobody else there. It automatically triggered just pure anger. Joe and Sue, I know you've heard a lot tonight, and uh, it wasn't easy to hear. Uh, but at least now you know what's going on in your home. Big question is, though, can you continue the legacy of your grandparents, Joe, and stay here safely with your wife and children? Uh, for that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. There's a lot going on here, especially because of Brooklyn. She's a medium. So what you're going to have there is like a lighthouse almost in your case, where the dead are coming to seek help from the living sensitives in the house. Some of the dead on your property you don't want to leave. That's why she's going to need to learn about her abilities and to feel comfortable with them. I would suggest opening a line of communication with all the kids about any experiences that they have. Um, my suggestion is let them all keep dream journals as well as you guys. I didn't even mention this to nobody. Brooklyn just said that a couple weeks ago. She wanted all of us to get journals and write our dreams down on us together. She wants to talk about it. Sounds like she's ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, the next thing is the need to protect. Since Native Americans are guarding your land, I suggest you contact a local shaman who can help you remove the dead that have been attracted to your property. In the meantime, this is black salt. Take just a little bit of this and put it at the entrance of each bedroom door. Um, this will create a protective barrier the next thing I would like you to do is to build a stone fence following that property line. So this stone wall you're talking about is, is, is to keep the bed out? Yeah. 
Is it going to keep that thing you drew out? No, I, I don't think so. So no matter what, they're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, duh. You have a potential situation that I personally have never encountered before. When I was doing the sketch of the thing that I saw, I started to get really upset by it. And the reason why was because I was being told that in fact it was some type of alien creature. I know it's a lot. And they're trying through subtle ways to have the living people get out of the area. I've never encountered anything like this in my entire career. I'm not exactly sure what these things are or where they're from, but it's possible they're from another world or another dimension. I can introduce you to some experts and it's very possible that they'll have suggestions as far as how to keep those suckers away. What about his grandparents? They're good. They're gonna hang out. Hmm. What are you thinking about? That's just craziness. It's a lot of stuff, huh? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, Joe, I gotta ask, are you gonna take Amy's advice and do what she says? Absolutely. Maybe. I mean, you know, all I'm looking for as a dad is just, you know, keep my wife and kids safe. I wanna take her advice. I wanna do what we can do to eliminate all of this chaos and hope that those creatures will go. I wish I had better news for Joe and Sue. I know if they build a barrier and work with Brooklyn, their lives should improve. But whether they can continue to coexist with those creatures, unfortunately, remains to be seen. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.